Securities and insurance products offered through Cetera Investment Services, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cetera Investment Advisors, LLC. Neither firm is affiliated with the Equitable Bank. Investments are not FDIC, NCU, SIF insured, may lose value, not financial institution guaranteed, not a deposit, and not insured by any federal government agency. There are a lot of fads out there and they change over the years. And it might have been uh, the dot-com stocks. It might have been a conversation about gold, that someone felt gold was the place to be. Lately, I'm having conversations about Bitcoin and the pros and the cons of, of things like that. So clients, yeah, they will, they'll find a little bit of knowledge out there about certain things and they'll hear about perhaps all of the money that someone has made with X product. Mm -hmm. And I'll try to temper those expectations uh, with the simple fact that a lot of times these, these fads, they come and they go. And they're the kind of investments that I don't have a problem if a person does want to invest into them. Uh, but it should be something that they should use sparingly. Welcome to another edition of the Smart Start Podcast. I'm Tom Sattler. Today our focus is about your financial health and establishing and maintaining a long-term financial strategy that breaks the cycle of paying, living paycheck to paycheck. Let's get started. Today's first guest is John Henningfield, Investment Executive for the Equitable Investment Center. Thanks, Tom. Nice to be here. Well, let's role play, John. Okay, let's suspend reality. I'm a recent college graduate and or graduated from a trade school, and I'm just starting my first job. Why is it important for me to start saving today? That's a great question, Tom. There is no time like the present, and there are huge benefits to a person starting at a very young age. One of the main reasons I would say is that you can put away a much smaller amount of money away on a regular basis than if you, say, waited five or 10 years down the line and still have the same amount of money by the time you're retired. So my advice always is to a lot of my younger clients that anything you can save uh, does make a very big difference down the line. How little? How little can I invest? You know, we have some investment programs here where we can start as little as 50 to to $100 per month. Okay. Or if maybe someone wanted to put away a, just a one-time lump sum, they can start as low as $500. What would be, are there other opportunities that people should look at in terms of, hey, rather than buying X, maybe I should invest it in terms of do they, you know, if they get a bonus or graduation gifts, anything like that, would that be a good idea too? Yeah, it could certainly be a great idea. And every situation is going to be different. One of the things I'll concentrate on is making sure that my client has a good foundation first. And that's why I'm a big uh, believer in the bank. Obviously, I've been at the bank here a very long time, uh, but I'm a big supporter of a client having money in their checking, having a savings account, and having that foundation. So when there is that rough patch that everyone, that we all hit, that it's important that that person have something to fall back on rather than dumping it into a, a credit card. Uh, I think that's extremely important because many of the products I work with are retirement products. Mm. And I don't want to put a client further behind by having them put money into a retirement product, but then they find themselves in a pinch and they find that they, sell, that they have to liquidate that retirement product early. And it puts them further behind than where they may have been from the start. So 
maybe uh, my personal misperception could be that investments typically are retirement accounts. There's other things that I can actually invest in versus just a straight, straight out of retirement account. There are. There are. There's definitely uh, products that are more for the medium term. Uh, investments uh, are going to vary that they can use. But I would always have a customer visualize that they should look at almost as if they're investing is investing in a short-term bucket, a medium-term bucket, and a long-term bucket. A short-term bucket would be something where that client is going to put that money away maybe for a year or less. That's your savings account. That's your checking. That's your CDs. Mm -hmm. Maybe a medium-term investment could be something where it's going to be one to five years, and a long-term would be five years or longer. Many times those five-year buckets are going to be retirement, but at the same time, maybe they're not. Maybe they're going to be for someone who wants to save for a, a house, or maybe they have another goal that's five to 10 years down the line. We do have products for that. Okay. Um, what is, do you have a profile of typically your newer investor? Yeah. You know, a typical investor, if they're in their 20s and 30s, mm -hmm. Maybe they've maybe they bought their first house. Maybe they're preparing to buy their first house. Uh, they might have you know a fair amount saved, set aside maybe ten to twenty thousand dollars or more, and maybe they're looking for ideas on what they can do now that they've established that savings account. What talk to me about uh, you know? There's a lot of commercials talking about investments and different pros mm -hmm. and cons. What is a non-negotiable for you in terms of when somebody is looking for an investment representative? What would what should be some of the key questions they'd ask when interviewing somebody as a, an investment executive? Yeah, yourself? exactly, Tom. Why why would a person select a financial yeah. advisor? Certainly, you want to look for experience. Uh, I think certainly you want to look for someone that's going to take your best interest at heart. And I also feel it. And what's very important to me is that that person, that representative, should be someone who's going to take the time to educate you about the available investments mm. and that they're not going to confuse uh, you with regard to investments and try to talk over you when it comes to the terminology. Uh, I really try to take the approach that investments can be very difficult to understand. I try to take the approach that I want to make sure you understand it. And, and to me, it's always very important before I jump into anything, what's the why? Why would I, why would I choose a particular product? Why would I choose this particular product? And, and why would I work with you? Um, when you say confused, uh, <laughs> <this is laughs> my life. Uh, explain to me in terms of uh, what are some of the things, I guess the question would be, what would be a red flag for somebody talking to an invest an investment representative or what should think people kind of shy away from if they're talking not specific about products but in talking to a representative specifically sure perhaps if they only have one product mm. or or one service or perhaps it seems like they're limited in the number of things that they have available to them uh that that might be a red flag you have any anecdotes or stories specifically about uh, clients that you've uh, run into that obviously not sharing the client's information, but mm -hmm. specifically a kind of an example of what we have just been talking about. Somebody who was a little tentative that you may have been able to get them to start their retirement account or and or an investment account and then moving into a larger, uh, a more permanent client. 
Yeah, there's a lot of clients I've worked with over the years. Uh, I can't think of a specific client in mind right now, but I have had numerous clients that have had investments in the past Hmm. and maybe had a relationship with a financial advisor. However, they always felt like they didn't understand what they had. Hmm. And many times when I first sit down with a client, I learn about their situation. I'll explain to them what they actually have. And they'll thank me and and because I'm able to put it in terms that they're able to easily understand, they'll thank me. And many times that client brings their account over to me because I've taken the time to explain something that they had, but maybe didn't even know what they really had. How often should, uh, I mean, typically I'm assuming other than when the customer contacts you, how often should they be hearing from their investment representative? I would say normally uh, once a year at a minimum would be a good idea. Okay. Uh, I think things change with the markets, things change with people's lives. So I think it's important for each side to keep up to date with each other. Face-to-face, text, (laughs) FaceTime, Facebook. (laughs) At the very least, it's a phone call. Okay. At the very least, it should be a phone call. Face-to-face appointments are great. Uh, I don't do a ton of... Uh, FaceTime appointments, but I have involved uh, with FaceTime over the years. Probably because of the yeah. pandemic. Yes. It's been a little bit of a cause yeah. of that. Yeah. Yes, that was a good motivation. Yeah, right. So at least once a year. And typically, what should the, how much time should they invest in terms of having that annual conversation and being able to review their portfolio with you? You know, it might be as mu- as short as a 10-minute phone call or perhaps a half hour to 45-minute review. Mm-hmm depending if things have changed with their situation. And do you run into situations where people are really like, they come in after that one year and they have, they've learned a lot about investments and have decided they know better than you <laughs> in what they should be investing in? I mean, how do you temper some people? I mean, education can be dangerous sometimes too. Do you, how do you help temper some people's maybe a little... Uh, anxiousness in terms of trying to maximize or find a, you know a, a lottery ticket in in their uh, in their sure. investment portfolio sure uh, well and I've as you mentioned before I've been doing this quite a long time and there are a lot of fads out there mm-hmm. and they change over the years mm-hmm. and it might have been uh, the dot-com stocks it might have been a conversation about gold, that someone felt gold was the place to be. Lately, I'm having conversations about Bitcoin and the pros and the cons of, of things like that. So clients, yeah, they will, they'll find a little bit of knowledge out there about certain things, and they'll hear about perhaps all of the money that someone has made with X product. Mm. And I'll try to temper those expectations uh, with the simple fact that a lot of times these these fads, they come and they go, and they're the kind of investments that I don't have a problem if a person does want to invest into them, uh, but it should be something that they should use sparingly uh, because there can be a lot of risk involved with some of those, those other types of investments. Um, so... Uh, again, not a problem with people educating themselves. There's a lot of information on the internet, um, but uh, I, I try to keep things as simple as possible, you know, with the clients, and also temper their expectations about what to expect. You have how many children? I have three. Three, and you're an empty nester at this point. Uh, not quite. Not uh, quite. Our youngest is off to a second year in college. Okay. Well, semi-empty. Yeah, semi-empty. Yeah, they graduated high school. Yeah. Do you provide them with any of your? Uh... 
financial uh, suggestions? Do you make financial? I mean, do you get practice on them in terms I, of me? I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, each of my children has a Roth IRA that I have started for them. Okay. And do you, I mean, and that's good practice for the general public. Do you, do you sense a difference in generations in terms of how they, how you relate to them? Obviously your children, but maybe you've dealt with some of their friends or some of the clients you deal with on a regular basis. Do you see a difference between, you know, people like my age versus a younger generation of people and how they think and talk or, uh, absolutely. There, there is that, uh, there's a, there's a lot of interest in technology. Mm -hmm. with younger people and maybe finding solutions through that technology. Mm. And uh, there's a lot of do-it-yourselfers out there mm. as well. But I do find that there is still a need for advice, that people crave maybe some guidance. Mm -hmm. And where I found a lot of success is um, from children of existing clients, mm. that the parents have steered them my direction and they are also looking for that advice, whether it's with a, you know, maybe a small retirement plan or just putting something away on a regular basis. So the language, yeah, the language is a bit different. Uh, what, how they think is a bit different, but I think they do have the same goals. A comfortable retirement. They want to make sure they're financially secure. Gotcha. So uh, how, how should somebody get started? If they haven't started a retirement account or maybe they're not particularly pleased with what they've done or whatever the case may be in their current situation, what's the best way for them to get started? Sure. I, I think the best way to get started is uh, they, they should rely uh, to a certain extent on employer plans. Mm. Because uh, if a client has a 401k, to me, that's the biggest uh, no-brainer thing that a, that a young person should do because that employer is going to have the money come right off their paycheck and many times it is going to be matched, but their contributions are going to be matched. And that's free money. Mm -hmm. And you always want to take advantage of that free money. So I do advise that clients do take advantage of that. Uh, as far as working with me, the first step is just really having a, a sit down, having a conversation about what their situation is like. And we take a look at things like their debt, things like um, their investment experience, and once again, to me, it's I have a process of educating them about how the various investments work and the things that they should be thinking about. You know, that brings up something else I was thinking about for somebody who may have, over the course of a decade or two, might have had two or three positions where they've had 401ks. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, I think I was guilty of it back in the day, too, of kind of leaving those things behind. Mm -hmm. Is it important to kind of make sure that you're staying on top of those and, and getting out in front of it? And do you run into that from, on occasion? Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I run into people sometimes that will forget yeah. that they've had that 401k. And uh, a lot of times, again, talking about technology, uh, a lot of clients uh, sign up for e-statements. Mm. And so that paper statement is not coming to their house or their apartment. And so many times they're forgetting it. And of course, a lot of times they're forgetting their passwords and their, their mm -hmm. user IDs. Mm -hmm. And so it's a matter of kind of reconnecting there. Um, so I do help with clients consolidating. Sometimes the best choice for that client might be to just leave the 401k where it's at. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes they feel more confident working with a financial professional and so that might be a situation where I help them roll it into an IRA, and then I'm servicing and, and be, being their financial representative for that. And I don't want to get too detailed, but I mean, you can move those together without 
as long as you can move those different 401ks or IRAs, you can consolidate yes. those yes. without penalty or? Yeah, without penalty. Um, and that's where sometimes there's confusion by that. Yeah. Sometimes people think if they take money out of a 401k that they pay a penalty, they're going to be taxed on it. And yeah. so they're Many times that is the reason for their hesitation. What I'll show them is that if they put the money into their pocket, mm -hmm. yes, there is that penalty. However, if they do what's called a direct rollover into an IRA, uh, any taxation, any penalties is avoided. It's almost like you have to ask for their resume when they come in to see you. So you can say, did you have a 401k here or did you have a 401k there? Well, thanks, John, for joining us again. Uh, John Henningfield from the Equitable Investment Center, our account executive. Thanks for joining us, John. Thanks, Tom. It was great to be here.